0: Visit our website, freshfm.net, for our contact details.
1: Good morning and welcome to The Resilient Show. I'm Stu Darling, your host, for the next 90 minutes on this Matariki Day. Happy Matariki for those across New Zealand, and I'll explain a little bit about what Matariki is for those tuning in from elsewhere on planet Earth. But this morning, wow, I got up and the roads were quiet. I had a lovely drive into the studio this morning. I got into the studio and there's no one around. It's nice and quiet. So it's probably time to wind things up a bit. Here we go. The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. Well, welcome to the show this morning. Really excited to have you here on this brand new bank holiday to celebrate Maori New Year and the rising of Matariki in the morning sky if you uh look if if, if you're at work hey you yeah, well hopefully you'll get some downtime at some point if you are enjoying this day off then i hope it is a day filled with love and family if you're listening in in nelson cbd you'll be listening on 107. FM. Nearly forgot that one. Uh, Nelson Tasman, you'll be 104.8 FM. If you're over the hill towards Golden Bay, 95 FM. And if you are in Blenheim, that's 88.9 FM. And all of that sums up to Fresh FM. And if you're listening in from somewhere across the globe, and I know you are out there, you'll be listening on www.freshfm.net. Welcome. And actually, if on the International Space Station you'll also be listening in on www.freshfm.net. Welcome to you all. If you're on the International Space Station, you are slightly closer to Matariki. For those of you who are listening from overseas and thinking, what's what's you talking about? Well, Matariki is the constellation that um, certainly I was brought up knowing as the Pleiades, as the Seven Sisters, um, the tale of Taurus the Bull, that constellation Taurus, um, that this morning, at this time of year, um, rises above the horizon in New Zealand, just ahead of the sun. It is a celebration of Maori New Year. It is a celebration of new beginnings. How exciting. The title of today's show um, is named after the first track, the title of today's show is The Power of Love, and it is dedicated to all those. No, it's not. It's dedicated to love in all of its forms, because there are many, and we'll be talking about some of those during the show today and I am very excited, honoured to be welcoming Greg Simner onto the show at around about 10 of the clock, um, 10 hundred hours. Greg is the senior pastor of The Rock Church in Wellington. He's going to come on and talk about the, the way that The Rock is has decided has chosen to take worship um an exciting new way of looking at worship and also um he's going to talk about the man in the middle the man in the or the man on the middle cross and share his thoughts about that have a listen um you know, even if it's you know maybe it's never been your thing um you know, stay around listen to greg he has a fascinating viewpoint on um, on the world, uh, a fascinating outlook, um, and um, you know, he will um, he'll be here around about ten of the clock to um, to share that with us and throughout the day we are going to be playing some absolutely awesome music, most of it chosen by me, um, and one track, actually it's two tracks chosen by Greg, one from the last time he was on the show, um, the old show when we ran it out of North Island, um, and um, a track that he has chosen specifically for today's show. But as I said, today's show is entitled The Power of Love, and sort of the music's going to be a little bit related to that, but certainly this track, wouldn't it be amazing if, when we're travelling around about on this bank holiday, sorry, bank holiday, this public holiday, um, a little bit of the, the Britishness creeping in there, this public holiday, um, wouldn't it be great if we could travel around with a whole caravan of love? Oh. Are you
2: ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready ready for the time of your life? It's time to stand up and fight. It's alright, it's alright. One by one we're gonna stand up with pride One that can't be denied Stand up, stand up From the highest mountain valley low We'll join together with hearts of gold Now the children of the world can see This is a better Join the caravan of love Stand up, stand up, stand up I'm your brother I'm your brother, don't you know She's my sister She's my sister Day when everyone is free Free. Bring the young and the old. Won't you let your love flow flow from from your your heart? Every woman, every every man, join the caravan of love. Stand up, stand up, stand Stand up. up, everybody take a stand. Join the, the caravan, caravan of love. Stand up, stand up, stand up. up. I'm your brother, I'm your brother. Don't you know? She's my sister.
1: Caravan of love by the house martins that came onto my playlist the um, the other day when I was driving in the car and I'd completely forgotten um, what amazing voices these um you know, that that band actually had um so I just thought well do you know what i'm gonna um, I'm gonna play that on the show what does a caravan of love actually look like um what is love? Wow when did you last actually consider? that question what is love because you know, it's something that it's a word we use I hope it's a word that we um, that you know, I, I tell the lady Elizabeth that I love her numerous times a day um and when I don't tell her that I I sometimes realize that I haven't told her but telling someone you love them um well that's just a use of words, isn't it? They've. We've got to make sure that they feel that they are loved, rather than just that word. Because if we overuse a word, a little bit like the word sorry, man, that word just gets used far too frequently for things that you know, we don't need to be sorry about. Keep it for when it's needed. In fact, don't use the word sorry at all. Use the word oops. Hey, that sounds an awful lot better, doesn't it? Oops. Because oops means we've made a mistake, and we're we've recognized that mistake sorry's just a word that's become anyway i'm back uh, yeah i'm I'm getting I'm heading down a rabbit hole back to the word love um have you seen the film uh, love actually I know it's a Christmassy film, and we're sort of well six months away from Christmas and I'm not suggesting you watch it, but at the beginning of uh the film um the the character. Uh, Hugh that Hugh Grant plays the prime minister actually talks about what love is, and at the end of the film, you see people meeting at uh, a big airport, a big busy airport. In the days that they were busy, I know they're getting busier again now, but in those days where um, you, you went to the airport to meet loved ones when they came back off a you know, off a holiday or off a long flight, and you saw, and you see it. Love in its raw form. The moment that our egos get completely parked, our need for significance just disappears into the background and love and connection flows. I remember reading once that a child was asked what love was and they said it's Christmas morning. Now, granted, they didn't say it was all of Christmas <laughs> because you know what happens on Christmas day? here, you know, people sometimes get a little bit stressed, but this isn't a show about Christmas. This is a show about love, but it's so true, isn't it the excitement of Christmas morning, the excitement of seeing someone that you haven't seen for a long while. That is love when we park our egos, when we park, our need for significance. When we park our need to be us, we can love. Try it today. I hope that across New Zealand, um, because of this public holiday, um, that we're going to be spending time with friends and possibly family. We're going to be spending time with the people we love. Take time to... Allow them to feel that love. Take time for you to feel that love. It's not about you. It's not about the word love. It is about the feeling. Get into that feeling. And after this next track, I'll share with you how we can actually go about helping other people feel that love rather than just hear the words and wonder what might be going on in your mind.
3: Read my mind, love. What a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie about a ghost from a wishing well in a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet. You know that ghost is me, and I will never where the heartaches come, the hero would be me, the heroes often fail. And you won't read that book again, because the ending's just too hard to take. A movie star Who gets burned in a three-way street Into number two A movie queen To play the scene Of bringing all the good things Out in me. But for now, love, let's be real Never thought I could act this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back If you could read my mind, love what a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time moving about a ghost from a wishing well. In a castle dark or a fortress strong, with chains upon my feet, the stories always in. If you read between the lines, you'll know that.
1: Gordon Lightfoot, if you could read my mind... Well, that's probably a little bit dangerous, actually being able to read people's minds, isn't it? Unless, of course, you know that... um their thoughts are loving. And yeah, that's really where we should all be getting to. I know it's challenging, but that's where we should all be getting to. But as I said in the last segment, um, yeah, how do we help people feel that they are loved? Wow, that sounds like some sort of massive um, superpower that we, we all need. And if it's a superpower, surely that's challenging. Nope. Really, really straightforward. We're going to do some science on the Resilience Show right now. Um, and I'm going to share with you how how we can actually allow ourselves to feel more loved, but also how to help other people feel more loved. So if you think about an ice cube, um, H2O in the freezer, it's solid, right? It's completely solid, and that means that um, the, the molecules within it are moving really, really, really slowly. And when you touch it, it's cold. It's got weight to it. It feels a bit heavy. But if you melt that H2O... It becomes water. It becomes a liquid. And if we're melting, we're adding a little bit of heat to it. See where I'm going here? Adding a little bit of heat. You're exciting those molecules a little bit more. woo I can move. I can jump around a little bit more than it was. That's what's going on inside the water. And then if we take that H2O and we stick it in the kettle, if we stick it in the jug, it becomes steam. And that's just going bonkers. I've got ah, loads of energy. I can move so much more than I thought I could. When I was in liquid form, it was quite good, but ah, I can jump all over the place. I've got so much energy because I've warmed up that little bit more. I've brought more energy. It's still H2O. It is still hydrogen and oxygen molecules. All we've done... Is excited it. All we have done is brought more energy to the party. And this is what we can do in our lives, in our relationships. We can bring more energy to it. There must be times when all of us have walked into meeting rooms and thought and felt. The energy of the room being really, really low, a really negative energy. And we know that we're not going to enjoy that meeting. We're not going to feel that we're connected in that meeting. But we've also all been to gatherings, to parties, where you walk in the room and you think, wow, the energy in this place is absolutely amazing. This is just so cool. I want to spend more time here, lots more time here. We've engaged in the feeling of the room. So if you tell someone, "Mm, yeah, love you. With low energy, feeling heavy, how do you think they're gonna feel? <laughs> they're gonna be questioning that stuff. They're gonna be thinking, well, do you do you really? But if we do it with higher levels of energy, then they're gonna feel that energy. They're gonna feel that love and belonging. They're gonna feel that you mean the words that are coming out of your mouth rather than just saying them. So let's energize ourselves. Well yeah, that's that's great, Stu, but how do we energize ourselves? Well, do you know what? Um Einstein proved it, and we're not gonna do that bit of the science. Einstein proved that we are nothing more than energy moving at very, very low vibration. And if we could increase that vibration, well, guess what? We can. We will become closer and closer to love. How do we do that? Well, we go outside and we look for the gifts. That simple. Or we celebrate gratitude we think about the things that we are grateful for. We feel better about it. We feel better about life. We begin to love our lives just a little bit more. And if we do that again and again and again, it becomes a habit and we live with higher levels of energy. And in doing so, we love. We think less about ourselves. We think more about the loving connections around about us. So today, if you're enjoying this public holiday, if you're celebrating Matariki in New Zealand, even if you're not, go out there and look for the gifts, even just the tiniest of gifts. That cup of coffee, that tree with glorious green leaves, or colourful leaves because it's winter in New Zealand but go and look for the tiny gifts the tiny gifts in the relationship we have if you're somewhere else on planet Earth do exactly the same go out and look for the gifts that we have in friendships in the people we spend time with in the food we eat and recognise that feeling of gratitude within your heart because that Is truly what love is that is truly how we create a loving environment for all of us to live in go out there and try it I know it sounds a little bit bonkers but remember your ice and steam are no different it's just how excited they are and we can all do the same with love now after this next track um it and look, it's it's Tim McGraw, it's coming up. And remember, if anyone knows Tim McGraw, please give him a shout to um to jump on the radio as a guest. Um love to chat to Tim McGraw about his experience, about his faith, and about his music. But after this next track, um I'm very excited to welcome um Greg Simnor, senior pastor of the Rock Church over in Wellington, um, who I'm sure will share his view on love and tell us what's going on at the Rock and also. Also talk to us about the man on the middle cross, um, and I'll also get him to share with us all um, how this song actually relates to some of his extended family members. Tim McGraw and California, um, and it turns out that our guest, as I say, actually um, yeah, has an affinity with California. I don't know if you've seen um, the film Straight Out of Compton, but um, I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, Greg can share with us um, his background in there. So I'm going to press this button, and hopefully, Greg Simnor is with us this morning. Good morning, Greg.
4: Good morning, Sue. Yeah, I'm with you. Excellent. Weather Wellington.
1: Well, indeed, yeah, to, um, yeah, and, and cloudy, not to see the stars. Um, well, look, um, we've just played Tim McGraw, California. And um, yeah, before we get on to the activities of um, of what's going on in, um, in, in Wellington um, and, and The Rock, um, tell me about straight out of Compton. Tell me about your relationship with California.
4: <laughs> well, it's on my mum's side. So uh, my mum has a sister, my auntie Jean, who lives in Compton and has lived in Compton since about 1974. And uh, in England married a a black guy and and married him and had kids and so moved back to uh, America because he was on the Navy, he was uh, in the US Navy. And so moved back to uh, America and lived in Compton since about 1974, 1975. And, uh, well, my cousins have grown up there. I visited Compton uh, in, the, what year was it, year 2000? And then again in 2004. And, um, yeah, quite an interesting place to go. And obviously <laughs> the movie Colours was made in Compton. Mm-hmm. And, uh, heavy gang, heavy drug scene, uh, to which unfortunately some of my cousins did get involved in, um, but are no longer, which is awesome. Um, and certainly my eldest cousin or her eldest son, um, had come to Christ in a powerful way through uh, you know, getting himself in trouble with the law and stuff so there's some awesome stuff but yeah interesting place to go interesting <laughs> place to visit being a white boy I was told uh, by my cousins as soon as we get out of the car just get in the house, do not hang around because white people don't go to Compton <laughs> and so that <laughs> was an interesting reality, I stayed the night there and must admit when I first went there I myself praying pretty much throughout the whole night it felt <laughs> like I was in a movie with dogs barking the odd gunshot going off and just massive v8s going up and down that you can hear outside so here to say there wasn't a lot of sleep happening that night but um you know love my cousins Say so we've been there twice and it was funny visiting them and them inviting everyone over me being the only white guy in the house And so that was quite hilarious. Trying to learn all the kids' names, like Jamirakui and Washam, and. Wasn't just as simple as Greg
1: and Stu. No, nah, but brilliant. Yeah. I, did, I, I think it's just such. The first time you told me that story, I I did have tears in my eyes. I thought it was absolutely priceless because you yeah, know obviously this is radio, but Greg is um you know what are you about seven foot two and white, um and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah and a, and a big lad. You know Greg can look after himself. Um, uh, so um, you yeah, know to to um to imagine him being hustled into yeah hustled into um into a house under under a blanket like go to court uh, it, it did amuse me so <laughs> greg thanks for that um the you know, the um, the title of today's show is the power of love um and i know that um you know, that is you know, one of the key missions of um of the rock in wellington and you're doing some fascinating stuff in the rock in wellington you've changed the way that um that uh, worship happens um Tell us that story because it is—it is a fascinating, brave experiment.
4: Sure, yeah, I guess you know we've been on a journey for a while of, of really asking the question: what it does it really mean to be the church? And there's um, language of we go to church, we get married in the church, and the whole context is around a building. But it's very clear scripturally that the ecclesia, the church, are the people of God, and as the people of God, we are to live a kind of life. Uh, A love that never fails kind of life and to firstly and primarily fall in love with him (coughs) excuse me love one another and then love all of humanity as if we would love ourselves so this is this journey we've been on to really look at what does it really mean to be in him what does it mean to really love him what does it mean to love people the way he would Mm -hmm. and then how does that define everything about the way we are why do we gather how do we gather is the gathering currently the way he would have done it? And ask sort of a lot of these big questions. And it's led us to uh, really consider these types of things um, and make some significant changes uh, to the way, who we are and the way we operate, which has led us to no longer gather on a Sunday in a building in Narunga Gorge as a large group. We do still gather every six to eight weeks As a larger gathering, but it's taken us more into smaller clusters Um, Some call them small groups. We're calling them pods, and it's just a small cluster of people gathered together for the purpose of loving one another Mm -hmm. uh, In a way that's doable, you know, it's 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 quite hard to try and love three or four hundred people at once but within a small cluster of people of say seven to eight people You can really start to apply and live out what this love means to love one another, to cover one another, to encourage one another, to live life together. Um, And in that, be real, be raw, be transparent, be honest, and really take off our masks. You know, I think within Christendom, there's so many masks that get worn, Mm -hmm. and um, we turn up on a Sunday and we go through a two hour process and we go home again. And, you know, I'm not saying that's wrong, but. I wonder how much love happens, I wonder how much transformation happens, I wonder how much just it becomes a religious ceremony and tradition mm-hmm. rather than entering into the fullness of what Jesus is calling us to.
1: So, um I, I look I, I get that completely and yeah, you know, I having having been to you know, the rock and having been to, to, to churches throughout throughout my life, um, you know, it can just become ah, uh, it's ten o'clock, it's eleven o'clock on a Sunday, this is what I do. Um, yeah, you know, just like um. Yeah. The last thing I do before I go to bed is let the dog out. Um. And yeah, it can just become that. But, um, do we not have you? You've you've mentioned masks, and I think this is where I'm heading with this. Um. Do we when we um gather in smaller numbers, there is there's less places. In fact, there's no places left to hide. Um. That requires a vulnerability, does it not?
4: Yeah, it certainly does. And I guess the challenges, and this is what we're facing as well, is you can just swap one for another. Mm -hmm. So you can literally swap the big building for a smaller building, but bring the same posture with you. Mm -hmm. And so you can still bring the mass with you. So the change itself of just changing one physical to another isn't going to create the change. But what it does do, it creates the opportunity for true change if we're willing to truly be vulnerable and transparent, and in front of one another, um, remove the mask. And so what I believe it offers is a way more conducive environment where people know they can be loved, they know it can be trusted. Um, and yeah, it creates the opportunity for real growth and transformation, where with the promises we'll love one another as we unpack what's happening. And I think this is what's so essential, that the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. Mm -hmm. Love doesn't point the finger at a multitude of sin. It loves a multitude of sin. And I think this is an area that the church hasn't done too well and We tend to point the finger at sin rather than cover sin with love. Not saying that sin is right, we know it's not right. But in the smaller environment, it becomes more conducive. where We can be real and we can be honest and we be, can be loved for who we truly are and who we want to become. And together walk this out. And I think that's the thing. It's together. I think, you know, Christianity can be very much an individual thing. You know, you mm-hmm. hear about it. I've got an individual relationship with Christ. Well, I don't really see that biblically. This whole thing is lived out in community. It's lived out in the ecclesia, the gathering in a body where we are interdependent to walk this out together and i think this is what the small environment gives us gives us the ability to be real transparent and allow god to be god and do what he wants to do
1: that's that's a fascinating point and we're going to we're going to come back to allow god to do what um you what what he he chooses to do after um after the, the the track of music that we'll play in a minute um so this you're leaving the building behind and creating a new or actually going back to the original way of worship I think um that creates a bunch of uncertainty to um to us humans um have have people embraced it have you lost people Are more people joining how's the how's that dynamic shifted in the membership of um of or of the rock
4: sure. I think probably all of those things have happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have certainly, uh, initially, we've lost some people. So we went through a process of talking about what it was going to be and inviting for input. And some people decided that it wasn't for them, which was fine. I think some people said yes to it, not fully knowing what they were saying yes to. And they're starting to discover what that fully means for them now. And so we're engaging in some of those conversations around what this really is going to mean because it certainly is way more than just two hours on a Sunday. There's much more responsibility, ownership and accountability needed to be part of and to play an active part in rather than just attend and be a spectator. And there are people who are absolutely loving the freedom and the flexibility, uh, the family and the faith and the fellowship that's being produced through it. So there's a mixture of a whole. We've gained people. We've got a person in our pod who's been with us about four or five weeks. She's a new believer from Germany who just absolutely loves this reality, being brought up in Catholicism and, and just, I guess, on one aspect, you know, being bound in her own words to that and the rules and traditions and mm-hmm. ceremony, but not the necessarily the life of Christ. And so, uh, yeah, there's some people loving it, we've gained people, we've lost some people, and there's some people journeying through the process of what this means for them, knowing there's freedom to choose, but knowing that God is directing us into this way that, as you said, is not new, it's actually old, and it's what Jesus patterned Mm -hmm. um, for the church to you know, when he said, I come to build the church, he didn't mean i am come to build buildings and put a whole lot of people in buildings who go through religious tradition. He said, I've come to build a church that actually are light, life and love, who make a difference, who lose their life to find a life and then to fulfill his will, which is to love humanity, which is to bring the truth to earth in a way that is love, but is still truthful. And to see people come into life, to come to know this person, Jesus, who's not a religion, he's not a rule, he's not a principle, Mm -hmm. he's not a law book, he's not a way of even living, he's a person and a way of being. And so that's our hope, is that through this transition, it's not so much about going from big building to little building, but go into a smaller environment, we can truly come to know him for who he is and have that life within us, because it says he is love which means if we know him, then we're coming to know love. And love never fails to love. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about love. It's the thing that's held me. Whenever I fail to love, um, God reminds me that love never fails to love, that Jesus never failed to love a humanity that nailed him to the cross. Love never fails to to not be offended by someone else's Mm -hmm. hurt or someone else's brokenness or someone else's Whatever that is, love just is able to cover that because of what it is love. You know, it's patient, it's kind. So whenever I mess up, whenever I get it wrong, whenever I miss the mark, he always reminds me, Greg, you need more of me, more life, more love to be able to love and live a life of love, um, which is a life of truth, which is a life of hope. Um, to see people, you know, come to know why they were created, which is to love.
1: I, 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 yeah, I, I love that completely, and I know you, you and I have spoken a lot about this in the past. Um, we did a, we did a workshop yesterday, and we were talking about people's purpose. Um, and yeah, it just came up as a question. I said, look, you, you, look, we have purposes throughout our lives. Yeah, sometimes it's a dad, sometimes it's a yeah radio show host, sometimes it's a yeah it's a partner, sometimes it's a it's a pastor, uh, but actually, our purpose here is to love and be loved. And it, I, I, I sense that it's really challenging to do that if all we are doing is drifting subconsciously through life. Love yeah. is love is an action. It's, you know, you've, you've actually got to do love. Um, it, you know, you've got to feel love, I think.
4: Yeah. Well, I think, well, I, I'm fascinating. I had a conversation with a good buddy of mine, and he uses this analogy of the clock. And he says, you know, at the end of the day, what is the key purpose of a clock? And as we know, it's to tell the time. And a clock or a watch can look flash on your wrist. It can have big numbers, little numbers. It can be silver. It can be gold. It can be, you know, black, white, whatever color. You can hang clocks on the wall. But if the clock doesn't do what it was primarily created for, then it's missing its purpose. (laughs) And we as humanity have been created to love. And Love has created us, God who is love has created us and he loves us with a love that is eternal. And so our purpose as the church is to love God with that eternal love back because he loved us first and until we've received love, we can't love. And so I love what you said, love is an action, but I also go before it's an action, it's a substance of a person. Mm -hmm. It says love is, and out of love being, love will do. And express itself and and so how does love be expressed and so our primary design as God's people is to love and so often we get involved in works and they can be good works and it can be trying to make a difference but if we're not loving the way we're designed to love then we have to ask some questions as the church and this has also been a big part of our journey as The Rock and asking that question and leaving a bigger environment or a smaller one is that you can ask those questions of people where, you know, maybe they can't just come and go and hide and avoid some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's that question is, uh, well, you know, do we, are we in love? Do we love? And are we known for love? And I still think that's a question that the church as a whole has to ask itself. Are we known for love? If we were to go to the world and ask the world, Do you know the church for love? I'm not sure I'd be confident in the answer in that. We might be more known for judgmentalism, Mm -hmm. pointing the finger, or what we are against rather than what we're for. And so our heart as a people, uh, as His people, want to be like the clock, be able to say with all authenticity, yes, I'm living in my primary purpose, which is to love God And love my neighbor as I'm loving myself. So one of the things I talk to our guys about is when I look at my neighbor, which is anybody, Mm -hmm. it can be my wife, it can be my my literal neighbor, it can be my workmate, it can be my absolute stranger. When I look at that person, do I see me in that person? So when I'm loving that person, how would I want to be loved? And so if someone's coming at me if my neighbor is offending me because i don't know they're mowing the lawns at 8 30 in the morning <laughs> yeah how would i love me if that was me would i rant and rave at them what would i do to to enter into a dialogue around that and how would love lead that dialogue rather than anger or my 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 uh hurt or offense and so yeah i think you know, this, what are we created for as humanity? Their primary purpose is to love. And I think that's the question we all ask Can I love? Will I be loved?
1: Brilliant. And an awesome introduction to this next track Sparrows by Corey Ashbury.
5: Now about tomorrow, Oh the troubles to come. The now thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me. The sun's not worried about the winter, because soon it will pass. The light's not thinking about the darkness or the shadows.
1: That one sort of stopped quite quickly. Um, Sparrows, Cory Asbury, uh, you yeah, really, really go back, listen to the words. I mean, I've been, I've been busy chatting to, to chatting to Greg um, for um, for all of that song. So I'll be, you know, when I listen to the show again, I'll be having a good listen to the words of um, of, of Sparrows, and yeah, go and have a look for Cory Asbury on, um, yeah, on 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 one of the streaming services. Um, the yeah, some great music, and I've said, you know, I've said before. Yes, listen to the music, but listen to the words. There is some you know, f- fascinating words that are written through song that um, that are well worth the listen to. So, um, Greg, welcome back. Thanks, Jake. Um, So you, we, yeah. You know, I mean, we could keep going for hours and hours and hours. And yeah, you know, just on that, Greg's going to come back onto the show in the next, you know, in the next month or so, and we're going to we're going to continue this conversation about love, but specifically, um, a few weeks ago, you sent me a clip of a um, of a pastor. I think in the um, I think in the US, although he seemed to have a bit of a Scottish accent. Yeah, he did, <laughs> he did, didn't he? Um, talking about the man on, the middle cross please share with us what he was saying
4: yeah it's real funny i mean as the scots are they have a great sense of humor and we do it's so um, true (laughs) he was talking about and giving a perspective from one of the thieves that was crucified with christ and uh part of that whole um reality is that a thief turned to christ and said christ will you remember me when you're in your kingdom and Christ said to him today you will be with me in paradise and so he was sharing this reality And what would it have been like from the man on you know the thief on the cross and and it fast forwards and he's in heaven and uh he's he's in front of one of the angels and the angel says so so how did you get here and the man says i don't really know and the angel says what do you mean you don't really know he says well i don't really know how i got here that's the problem and so he is being confused. The angel's confused, and he calls for his superior angel to come because he can't figure out how this guy's got here. So this, the superior angel comes down and says, So, how did you get here? And the, the guy's like, I don't know how I got here. And uh, the angel says, Well, don't you know the doctrine of justification? <laughs> and he says, No, I don't even know what that is. And the, the, the guy's talking about how the angels are starting to get frustrated. He said, What about the doctrine of scripture? Certainly you must know that doctrine. And he says, No, I don't know how. I don't know that doctrine of scripture. I don't know the doctrine of justification. He said, well, how did you get here, man? And he says, the man on the middle cross said I could come. And I think that defines everything, is that this isn't about our good works. It's not about our ability to make ourselves whole. It's not our ability to make ourselves holy. It's not our ability. It's not in us. It's in him. And it's in what Christ did for us that qualifies us to be in that presence, to be in his presence, to know him. And I I know that place. I know the reality of not being able to, uh, in my own strength and ability, get myself into this life that I'm in today. It has been through a divine work of mercy, a divine work of God's grace, his power and his love that takes you from one reality and brings you into another purely based on love, but not legalism, not on man's attempt to. And I think it's still massive for many and certainly many have been brought up with a legalistic approach to Christianity, which has shaped our belief system of God. Mm -hmm. It's shaped our belief system of what he does, how he does it. And it's just keeps us in bondage keeps us in darkness and not able to live a life in freedom. And so I love the fact that you know this man is standing before this angelic realm and the angelic realm is getting frustrated (laughs) because he had no idea and all he did simply was receive the words of Christ and he finds himself in this uh, illustration in heaven but not on the basis of himself but on the basis of the one who died for him and was raised again.
1: So how do we learn from that? Um, yeah, you know, the, the questions that I'm trying to ask. Um, every time a question's come into my head, I've suddenly thought, wait I mean, you, you can't, you can't ask that question." You know, so, so how do we get there? Well, you've just told me it's it's not about us, but it. You, there is a danger here, is there not? That if you don't hear this correctly, that. Um well brilliant I just I can just drift through my life and I'm going to turn up there at the last minute because he said I could come. Um I, and and this is the challenge that I that I have and I think many face is that well what can I do then? And you're suggesting that the answer is there's nothing we can do.
4: There's nothing we can do to make ourselves whole. There's nothing we can do to Purify ourselves. Yeah, there's nothing we can do to qualify ourselves in this way of being Um, But we can believe the words that Christ spoke and Ultimately, that's this is what this man did. So on one aspect love is free and God gives us love freely and so yes, we could find ourselves living our entire lives abusing that love, and like that thief did. him, I and mean, he's an example of someone that never partook, he never received, mm-hmm. and he did get to the end of his life, literally the end of his life. And in that moment, something happened between heaven and earth. There was an engagement that certainly wasn't happening with the other thief yep. that was still slagging and bagging Christ, but something in that man's heart connected with the reality of the words that were spoken to him. And I think that's the key is like it comes back to the simplicity of this believing and seeking a reality. And this is what I did to seek a reality that's unknown, but is spoken. Um, And that becomes a challenge for us all, because I think there's so much that needs to be unlearned Mm -hmm. um, as Christians, while at the same time, it's not on a journey to unlearn it's on a journey to learn it's a journey to seek the one who said um, you can be here because i say you can be here and we struggle with that at times because it's a free gift you know love is free and yet in the world love is based on conditions if you do this i'll love you but in christ it's not based on conditions it's purely just based on who he is so i think the challenge is yeah it's it's There's this freedom to abuse our lives. There's our freedom to be Lord of our own lives. There's a freedom that he gives us um, because he truly wants a people of love that choose him for who he is, not because they have to, not Mm -hmm. because they should, not because they ought to, not because of fear, but purely based on a free will choice to want to know the one who is love, who did love, who died and rose again. So there is a mystery to it. It's not as... (laughs) easy is what it sounds but it is still simple and it becomes a ultimately a heart cry a cry of the heart to want to know if there's more to life than just here is there more to a reality of what I can see in the natural because I'm I'm still not content for me at 19 I, I got to a place where I wasn't content with what was there was something in me And I think it has to come from each and every person. You know, -hmm. like like no one could create the thirst in me. The thirst had to come from me. And that thirst for answers took me on a journey of seeking and asking. which some people might think you're crazy, but I discovered a love and a person through the asking. You know, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? There's such power in that question. Some people just say, He's a nobody. Some might call him a good guy. Some might call him a religious leader. Um, So I think questions are the key. We can start asking questions. We can start seeking. We can maybe go to those who have something we don't have and start asking them questions and ask with an open heart and an open mind. Mm -hmm. So often we're so cynical as man, we come with this logical mind. It's a mind of rationale. And if it doesn't fit our box, we throw it out. But the reality is, you know, God will never fit into our box. (laughs) You know, we try to fit God into our box. So we have to come with an open mind. And that really comes from within, which is an open heart. Because I believe in all of us, you know, until we find Him, we're not really satisfied. We won't find this peace. We won't find this love that we've been all created to receive. Um, And so there needs to be that activation within us to seek that out for us, not because our mum and dad want us to, not because someone else says we should, but there needs to be a genuine thirst. And that's why God's timing on things is really important and our own timing and not trying to force anybody into that, but loving them while they're in the state that they're in and pray for them. I say, there's that lovely saying, you know, you can't lead the horse, uh, you, so you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But I say, but you can pray that it gets thirsty, and so that's <laughs> yep. where I find pray that there'd be a thirst in people um, who would then be true to that reality and seek it out.
1: And I think there, there's two things that I, that, I, that I choose to, to pick up on that that you've said is you know, that that life of bondage, and I sometimes feel that that life of bondage that we um, that we often find ourselves in is thousands of years old and um too often based in um religious doctrine um and the second thing is that we don't have to unlearn that stuff we can just open our hearts and seek something new am i getting it half right
4: yeah no fully because it's yeah, it's, it's very hard to unlearn. It was funny, yesterday I, I found myself at a funeral with a good friend of ours, um, their mother, and a few of my friends that were there been brought up in a, in a Catholic or a Catholicism, mm-hmm. and um, they found themselves in the funeral being able to remember all the things that they were brought up with and almost felt like they'd gone back mm-hmm. in time and just the, the rituals, the do's, the don'ts, the sayings sort of reality and you know they were able to say you know it, it's it wasn't so much even though that is still there it's been the learning of the new that has set me free from the traditions of man not trying to unlearn but read but learn the new Great. and this is just this dimension this is why he had to come um and so it's like you know it's about coming into the life through learning the new not trying to unlearn what's old
1: yeah, completely, and yeah, you know, that that in itself creates a freedom. You you can just take. When I was doing you know, the um, the workshop yesterday, I was talking about the, the 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 rucksack that we all carry of our past, um, that also includes our parents and society's past. Well, you know, when we open our hearts to look for something new, we can actually just take that rucksack off, um, or at yeah. least choose what we choose what we're taking with us um and too often the weight of our past is um is is often too much for many to bear and if the answer is open our hearts and seek something new then there is a simplicity in that in itself
4: yeah and i think the other thing to realize is god wants to give us freedom not that we would do what we want to do but he gives us freedom to do what we were created to be and do which is to go back to this love him and love others and and fulfil his will. And, you know, I guess, you know, we've we've had two years, haven't we, of this nation of being in lockdowns and Mm -hmm. mandates and, and, you know, there's the voices for freedom and all those things. And I personally have been down to Wellington. I would, You know, I had a couple of times down there at Parliament and I got to share uh, a little bit while I was there about freedom not actually being in whether there are mandates or not, whether there are vaccinated, not vaccinated, whether we're in this or that, that f- freedom can only be found in the person that actually said, you know, it's me that makes you free. And so I think this is our challenge is that we fight for a freedom which still is actually a form of bondage. Mm-hmm. So we can end up getting what we think is freedom, but we've actually just hoodwinked ourselves and we're still bound up in ourselves because freedom is found in the one who was free, who brought freedom, which is the Christ. And once again, you know, there's so many tensions within that. But um, I think this is this reality of love is that love is so free, it's scary. And mm-hmm. I remember years ago, you know, we as a church, we went to shell garages around Wellington and, and just tried to give out $10 to every customer. And, you know, for most part, most people accept that it's fine. But I remember one man he just struggled to receive and he, he swore at me. He said, I don't need your and charity. And I said, all I'm trying to do, sir, is just, you know, bless you today and give you something for free. And he really struggled with that reality. And I, I learned that day, you know, a lot of people, they struggle to receive freedom. They struggle to receive a love that's free because we're so conditioned and we're so based on conditional things. Um, But when someone actually wants to love you from a place of freedom, you can reject it and deny it, which I think is sad because you ultimately reject and deny your own design and wiring. Um and and I, so that's
1: you know. I, I I think there is a whole other show in that. Um <laughs> yeah, we, we could yeah. keep going and going. I'm thoroughly enjoying listening to you. I'm thoroughly enjoying the yeah, the challenge of figuring out what my next question's gonna be. It's um it's fascinating. But um so yeah, there's two more shows that we've certainly got um that we can rack and stack. Um you um you chose uh you chose a track by um Chris McLarney to um to 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 end our chat this morning. Um Hallelujah for the cross. I think I can probably guess why, but go on. Why this track?
4: <laughs> well, ultimately, life uh, and the life that I've come into came through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not just the death, but the resurrection. Um, and so, this this song for me is 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 a is a place. It's a transition place. It's where I went from uh, an earthly life living to an eternal life. Even though I'm still of earth, and the life that we can know come. From has come through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's so important to me that we know the person. It's not so much, um, you know, that that, that we talk about a dead cross and a guy on a cross. It's, It's what was transacted between heaven and earth that day that enables those who are of earth to know an eternal life now and spend their eternity with him when we perish, knowing that this life is not all there is. And we're made in this image and we can live and we will live forever with.
1: Greg, thank you so much for your time this morning. I look forward to welcoming you back onto um, The Resilient Show in the not too distant future. Um, Have an amazing extended weekend. And here is your track. Hallelujah for the cross.
4: Thanks, Stu. Been a privilege.
1: Hallelujah for the cross, the choice of our guest this morning, uh, Greg Simner, Senior Pastor for The Rock. Um, fascinating discussion, fascinating conversation. Um, and if you felt challenged by it, that's cool. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with being challenged by something that is maybe different from what we were brought up with. Um, you know, I was brought up as um what i describe as a traditional christian um it was what my family did therefore it was what i did um and i spent years in uh, you know in, when i was younger and and still do years searching um and you one day realize that actually you do you know what I don't need to deal with all that baggage behind me. I can just seek new. Um, so, yeah, you know, if if it's not your thing, that is entirely cool. If you're challenged by it, that's cool as well. Um, if you want to know more about what Greg and uh, the team at the um, the Rock are doing, um, jump on. You know, take a look. And and if you Google it, Google the Rock church um because if not you'll end up doing something about geology or listening to a radio station um but do um yeah do have a listen in um yeah there's some great content on the um, on the rock website that um that you can find um you can find through the google other search engines are available um well that completely knocked all of the timings out for the show today because we just kept chatting to um to that lad from compton <laughs> not quite um, but uh, You know, so um, so now I get to choose what the next track's going to be, and still be able to run in and not crash the pips, as Terry Wogan used to say on Radio Two. Um, what are the um, what are the arguments like that you have with your nearest and dearest? Um, you're that person that you spend maybe most of your time with your your partner, um, your wife, your husband, um. You know, what are the arguments like? I know what the arguments that uh, the Lady Elizabeth and I have are like. Fortunately, our arguments are generally about something quite silly, generally about stuff that's not really important. Um, but boy, do they kick off. And it's a really, really sad part. In the closest relationships we have, often those are the most challenging arguments. Now, Fortunately, because we love one another, those arguments often settle into um, conversations and we all have the opportunity to grow from there. But quite often, the relationships that should be our intimate relationships, our most loving relationships, are the ones we take for granted. Quite often, there is just an expectation that that other person is going to be there, an expectation that that other person is responsible for what's going on in the relationship. And a true relationship, a true loving relationship with whoever it is, but especially our nearest and dearest, is one where we share. It is a partnership. It is a partnership where we should grow together. And if that's not going on for you at the moment, then maybe it's time to take a little bit of responsibility. And I'm not suggesting that you're asking your partner to change. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't, please. Don't ask your partner to change. Um, and you know, I've, I've seen, um, I, you know, I've had potential clients come to me and say, Stu, will you, will you work with me for the next six months? My partner wants me to change. And I say, no, I won't. Come to me and I will work with you because you want to. But don't change for someone else. But what we can do, what we can do is we can create the environment for change. That is our job as um, conscious human beings. That is our job as you know, part of community is to create an environment where people can grow, create an environment where the energies are at the right level, where people feel that they can truly belong. On this long weekend, maybe take some time to think about your relationships, about all of those relationships, because every single relationship you have is going to be slightly different. Um, And in each of those relationships, maybe help create an environment of love, An environment of gifting where we can truly all grow into our amazing, unique selves. track down to land right there very very carefully um that was the proclaimers and sunshine on leith um which was going to take me into a conversation about the places we can love the places we can go but because greg and i got dying you would Dove dived into um yeah, into all of those conversations. That brings us to the end of today's show, a show that was entitled "The Power of Love." a show that was dedicated to love in all of its forms. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Show on this, the very first Matariki public holiday in New Zealand. Whatever you are doing today, whatever you are doing this weekend, um, take some time, spend some time with those that you love. Um, take some time and think about the gifts of all around about every single one of us thinking about those gifts celebrating gratitude feeling gratitude that is how we raise our energy levels as we raise our energy levels we get just that little bit more excited just like that ice that becomes water that becomes steam add more energy we create freedom and in freedom, we can find that love that Greg and I spoke about. If you're not ready for that love yet, that's entirely cool. Go and spend some time with friends and family. And you know, make the environment a place where people feel invited. Yes, of course, first up, we must love ourselves. Whole other show in that one. Of course, we must love ourselves first because... Yet, if we don't love ourselves, as the Lady Elizabeth often says in our workshops, just like when an airplane, on an aeroplane, you put your mask on first, then you're able to help other people. Well, take a look in the mirror. I talk about it in the book Lead Through Life. Take a look in the mirror and learn to say, I love you, to the person looking back. And when you're able to do that, you're in a far more powerful position to then be able to invite other people in and love them. When we love ourselves, we are in a position to welcome everyone else in. We have that higher level of energy that says, hey, you, I'm here for you. I can love. It's that feeling, feeling love. And when we get to that point where we can truly feel love, then, you know, just sometimes we feel our euphoria. That was The Resilient Show. Go out, have an absolutely weekend, and love. I will see you next week.